Welcome to the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. on the Youthscape podcast, the podcast that is for people like you who are interested in, passionate about youth ministry. And uh, my name is Rachel Gardner and I'm joined by my friend Martin Saunders. And I have it, dear listeners, on really reliable source that you have got a killer opening question. Martin, over to you. I have. Rachel, this, this episode, our tough question, we're going to be talking about problematic volunteers. So my question for you is, in all your years of being a volunteer youth leader, have you ever been that problematic volunteer? Oh, my goodness. Have I ever been the problematic volunteer? I mean, I, th- I, I think the answer is, is most obviously yes, I have. Can I give you an absolute example of when I've been the problematic leader? Um, I, I think... I'll rack my brains for an actual example, but I think what's problematic about me is that I I blow very hot and cold. So I will have all the crazy ideas and all the things that we need to be doing. But then the next week I'll be like, oh, sorry, it's my daughter's, like, you know, it's her film night at school and I volunteered for that as well. So I think I probably would be that leader that promises a lot and under delivers and leaves the poor leader of the group thinking, you know, she, she says all the right things, but is she actually going to be there? Mm. So I think that's that's where I. That would is a kind of problematic, problematic volunteer for sure. Well, let me tell you, I've got big news. Actually, I haven't told you this. I'm I'm surprising you with it. Uh, I've been, what? as you know, I've been the youth leader at uh, my church for four and a half years, mm-hmm. and I've had to make the decision, sadly, but it's the right decision to stop that, to step down as the kind of main youth worker at my church, uh, probably this summer, probably, probably with a long run in. So the young people know it's okay. I'm not sort of breaking the news here first. Uh, Not that any of them listen to this, but, um, but yeah, so I now, but I'm hoping to stay on after I'm hoping to stay on as a volunteer. And I have to be honest, the thing I'm paranoid about is becoming the problematic volunteer, you know, in the background, tutting at something that the new youth worker does that I don't agree with. You know, maybe I could be more harm than good. You got any advice for me, Rachel, on how I can not be the problematic volunteer in the background? Well, I think, I think, number one, that's awesome that you brought us into that because it is hard shifting roles. And I think to give you absolute kudos, like you you do the Youthscape podcast with me, you run satellites, we know your stories about St. Mary's and, and all the brilliant youth work that you do. And that's just gorgeous that you've shared that with us because that's not an easy decision, I wouldn't have thought, because we know how much you're passionate about youth work. I, I think um, don't second guess yourself. And I think... Um, the, the, the thing that helps me to be a better volunteer is that I constantly say to the person leading the group, you are allowed to tell me when I'm talking too much. Like, it's, I almost name to them, I know where I could be a nightmare. So I'm already aware of it. 
So you calling me out on it is not going to be a shocker. It's not going to upset me or hurt me. It'll be like, oh, yeah, I knew I might do that. Um, of course, I might be a nightmare in ways that I have no idea about. And it might be a total shocker. Um, so you might be ready. You might be about to have a, a grand awakening. I, I mean, I'm going to throw it back to you because I, I, I think one of the comments that I hear a lot is, when when you bring in the reinforcements, you don't want then the front line to say, great, the reinforcements are here. We're all going to disappear and have a cup of tea back in the yard. How are you going to navigate that well if a new person comes in and you are a strong volunteer? You are a bit of a dream volunteer, actually. So how are you going to make sure that you give them enough space, but you don't just disappear off the scene thinking that's what they need? Yeah. When they might be thinking, I've got Martin Saunders as a volunteer. And that's an absolute dream. You know, that is possible, Martin. Yeah, that it is, is possible. possible. Yeah, I know right. you don't believe it, yeah. but it is possible. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you without this that? becoming a job ad, obviously we don't know who <laughs> is going to apply for the job when it, when it comes uh, around. So we're going to be hiring a, a youth worker at the church, a, a full-time position. Um, and Ooh. so uh, I think that's an amazing opportunity. Um, and so I want to meet with that person when they come along and ask them honestly, you know, what, what they want me to do. And I think we just review that, you know, I, I think yeah. we just review that and you're right. I just can't, I just mustn't second guess myself too much or them. Uh, my own kids are in the youth group as well. So it's very weird for me. I've got three kids in our youth ministry and I'm the youth leader. Now I'm going to be the ex youth leader who's still around. It is very complicated. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Anyway, that's a good lead into today's interview, isn't it? It is because if only, if only Martin, you and I had somebody that we could bring our fairly random, deeply complex questions about youth ministry to. If only there was that person that could somehow walk up the up the stairs at, at, at Butte Mills and give us a bit of time. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We found them. We have them, ladies and gentlemen. We have got a fantastic little chat today. With Alex Drew, and you will hear in this chat that Martin and I definitely go off script and we literally just bring to her our most complex questions around how do we support youth work volunteers, bearing in mind that I am a volunteer and Martin's about to become one, so we're not othering volunteers. Um, but what do we do when, you know, spoiler alert, actually that we do have problematic volunteers in our teams and it's not straightforward and it's not easy and it's not necessarily safeguarding issues that are black and white but it's something a bit more complex about, you know, how they are or their expectations or their involvement. So we bring our biggest and our brightest questions to the wonderful, wonderful woman, Alex Trim. Welcome to the podcast, Alex Drew. Thank you, Martin Saunders. Um, let's just be honest. Let's just let's just come out and say it. This is take two. <laughs> uh, we, you, you, you didn't know I was going to do this. We, no, we recorded this whole interview. We recorded this whole interview a week ago, right? With Rachel. And uh, and then we all, well, you sent a, you sent a text message. <laughs> just to tell the story. Well, I just sent a text said that that was that was awful. I don't think you should use it. <laughs> yeah, no, just I... all, we were just all off our game. We were, yeah. I felt a little bit like I was being interrogated by the two of you because you were both yeah. just just full of questions, but I didn't even get through a 
couple of words and then the next question came and um yeah. I was not on it I was I think I was heading out the door picking up the kid and um keeping an eye on the clock and yeah it was a bit all over the place wasn't it so, sorry um, about that. here we go take two in in the weird <laughs> so what now has happened this is very unusual we've recorded we've already recorded the <laughs> the first part and the last part of the podcast with me and Rachel that's already that's already done true, so true. if you listen if you listen to this podcast together <laughs> For one thing, my voice dramatically changes. So I am <laughs> yes. now I am now well. But last week when we recorded that, I was not well. I was not well at you all. You were not. You were not. And so I sound like I'm holding my nose the, all oh, the way through. Yeah. That's something fun to look out for. That is oh, something fun <laughs> to hold on to the rest of the podcast for. Look, Alex, let's let's talk about you. Um, first of all, um, you've been you've been uh, part of Youthscape oh. and. Before for Too that, long. Luton Church's Education Trust, which was yes. like the first iteration of Youthscape. LCT, um, LSET, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, for ages. I mean, I have known you for a long time before I joined the organisation. So yeah. um, so just tell us a bit about the journey. Like, yeah. did you go straight out of university? And, no, Because, of course, famously, quite. you and I went to the same college. We did. The only college. The only we yeah. The a lot college. of a lot of team members went to that very same college, didn't they? Really um, weird. Yeah, we did. And then you came yeah. Out there. And yeah, then so what did you do? it wasn't immediate actually. So I so I studied um education with drama and English and I yeah. definitely weighted that to the kind of drama side and kind of um yeah, that was a lot I had an absolute ball at uni. It was pretty intense, but I had an amazing time. And I Who's think your favourite lecturer? Was it Doctor Peter Raby? Of course, the one yeah, and only. See, we had the same lectures. It's so weird. Uh, we did, we did. Anyway, yeah, you're right. It's the biggest even private though, joke. We should stop talking even about Even though it. no one knows what we're talking about, <laughs> that anecdote is already better than everything we recorded last week. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about, tell us about your journey in youth ministry. So you left yeah, uni. Did you so go straight uni. into youth ministry? Um, I did, I did. So I thought I was going to teach. That's why I, I'd gone to university, like keeping my options really open. So it was a very broad course. You know, it wasn't like one subject. I didn't just do English. I did do education, drama and English, kept my options open. But I thought there was, I thought teaching was in my future. And I got to university and I think discovered a depth of faith that that was just like new to me. And actually meeting people that were like, that were my age, which I had not experienced as a, as a young person at all, that were my age and that were, that loved Jesus and were living really exciting, full lives. That was just really new to me. And so I discovered mm. that at university in a new way, um, met some incredible people um, and and met Jesus, I think, in a new way. And mm. and then was like, well, this has to be like a deep and rich part of my life. And of course it could have been as a teacher, but I felt I needed space to work on the edges of education where I could share my faith more fully. And so actually, do you know what? I had this, I'm in one of my, one of my um, really good friends at university was a lovely guy called Andy um, who lived in Luton and who volunteered on what was then LCT, now Youthscape, um, summer camps. And he just loved it and was like, it is, it's changing the world. You've got to go and work for them. But actually, they didn't have any jobs at the time. So whatever I said, it didn't work. So, um, but Chris said, look, stay in touch. Like, that's been a really interesting course, stay in touch. But there wasn't anything at the time. There wasn't funding in and there wasn't new new roles being kind of created. Uh, And so I, yeah, I came out of university. I thought I was going to do a gap year, but I didn't do a gap year. Um, And instead, I ended up working for a local um, kind of, uh, yeah, a local schools trust. So Christians working in schools. 
I was yeah. fresh out of uni. I wanted to change the world. I almost burnt out in two years because I um, was trying to do everything. And I was mm. so young and, and just forming rhythms of like, you know, rhythms of rest and work and managing volunteers that are way more experienced than me, a lot older than me. Um, and they were very gracious with me. And I think we did some really exciting stuff. Like we did some really interesting stuff on the edges of like, you know, that kind of third space of of school where you get to have really interesting conversations because the young people are choosing to be there, but you're in yes. the context of school. It was just amazing. Yes. I loved it. And so that was then my way in. That was kind of a that little chapter. But in amongst yeah. that, I think we went we went around the world really for for a year traveling living in a camper van in New Zealand you know doing all those things that we wanted to tick off as well as visiting churches and we came back and and when I got back to the UK um yeah LCT at the time got in touch and said look we've we've got a job we'd love you to consider applying for yeah there was there was a there was a role they were they were keen for me to apply for and it was it was essentially like a a, a creative chaplain in school which was just um yeah it was amazing I had an absolute ball doing that as well so so yeah so I've, I've been in the organization for 12 years with yeah. a little two-year break um in Australia just kind of 18 months ago we were in Australia for two years really over COVID over lockdown um and um but yeah but for the yeah for the kind of nine and a half years before that and then the last couple of years I've I've been involved in the organization and and done all sorts of things been in the local teams doing front-facing in school stuff been involved in drop-in, um, led the kind of national team for a little bit. Yeah, so it's, it's been a few kind of bits and pieces to it. I've never got bored. Um, yeah, never, never. there's never been time to get bored. There's always always something new and a new challenge to kind of embrace. But I think probably, yeah, I mean, I, now now I'm in the space of, I think my role is director of training, but essentially it's it's um, heading up Youthscape Essentials, which is which yes. is what I'm doing now, and that's just thinking creatively about how we how do we inspire, how do we train and give confidence to the church in serving young people with the transforming love of Jesus. Like, how do we do that, and how do we do it in new ways? How do we give them mm. confidence to do that in new ways? Um, so that's that's the space I'm in now. Which yeah, I feel I feel like I I probably. I should probably be paying someone else to do what I do because I get to hang out with like the most incredible people. Like a lot of them are volunteers. And so volunteers who give up. Not you. I didn't mean you. I thought you were being being sycophantic. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. It is a joy to work with the team as well. (laughs) We talk about essentials uh, and because that leads us into our tough question. Um, but, but, you know, for those that don't know you, you know, the role yeah. you play, you've just described quite a bohemian kind of existence <laughs> there, you know, jetting off, drifting off, camper vans, all sorts of things I frankly hate. <laughs> um, so, so back to essentials. So yes. you're heading up Escape Essentials. Uh, it is all year, all, not all year round, all round <laughs> training for every youth worker, right? That's the tagline. That's right. Yeah, youth um, leader, youth leader. Yeah. Every youth leader. Mm. And you, um, uh, you're you really thinking about volunteers here, aren't you? And, and supporting, we are. supporting Though we've been youth su- leaders. We are. We are, absolutely, because I don't think there's enough in that space of really good quality training formation actually I think what this is is formation it's not just training Mm. it's formation um but do you know what we've been surprised we've actually we've changed the language from all-round training for every volunteer youth leader to just Mm. every youth leader because actually I think Mm. we've seen whole teams gather around this and revisit 
kind of the foundations of of their youth ministry. And then we've seen newcomers that are just about to start their first youth ministry post. And people have phoned us, us up and said, would you would you take them? Like, could they come and do a mm. course? Could they, you know, could they work through the materials? And of course, it fits. It works really well in those contexts, too. So I there's a breadth. I mean, it's such a crazy breadth, really. But I, mm. I actually think this is for anyone who who thinks that youth ministry is key in the church. That's not even a part of it yet. It's potentially for people that are wondering whether is is God nudging me? I've never done youth ministry in my life and I've been in the church for 20 years, but perhaps God's nudging me that I might have something to bring mm. into that space. I, I I think there's, yeah, but it is, you're right. We have written it when we were writing those materials, when we were developing them over kind of four and a half years ago. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, we had a, the volunteer in mind because I, that feels so, that feels so key for the space that we're in now. Um so at its simplest, yeah, it's it's ten sessions. It's three three elements to each session, and it's all kind of there's filmed kind of um, materials just to lead you through. So it's a, it's very simple to kind of facilitate. Mm. Now, um, just talk talk me through the kind of three categories because mm. there's like ten of ten of something, ten of something, ten of something, there and is. every one of these sessions you get one from each pot so just you to explain the yeah. structure and that that was out of a desire to do quite a kind of holistic foundational job where we would really give you the you know almost if you were if you wanted a volunteer youth leader to know yeah what are the things you'd want them to know these are all the things you'd want them to know and the way that you'd want to form them so yeah we start in the head um engage our heads and our brains with um an insight into youth culture and and that is everything from growing up digital, growing up Gen Z, um, gender and sexuality, um, family life and how that's shifted, school, what school looks like and how that has shifted. I mean, it's, yeah, there's 10 of them, so I'm not going to say all 10, but it's an insight into youth culture. And we hear from, hear a bit of research. We hear from a young person. So every night begins um, with the story of a young person where they just take us and that theme is woven into their story and they just take us into into that insight um, by just sharing a bit about a little bit of a window into their world and that's how we that's how we start every session the second one is hands so we kind of get practical and we try and do less talking it's not another interactive seminar it's not a discussion it's like let's get you going we just set send people into groups as, as speedily as possible. And that might be sat around a table in a in a church community hall, or it might be online, but spending time in groups, actually practicing some skills. And that's everything from, you know, the first week it's building rapport with young people uh, and it builds through to like, how do you know you're making a difference? How do you measure, how do you measure impact? That's a skill actually. So we, we kind of go on a progression between um, yeah, the first and the last session. And then we land on the heart. So that's, yeah, it really comes out of this belief that we're forming disciples and actually your, your right to, to speak into young people's life, uh, lives comes out of this, this own discipleship journey that you are on. And, and, and so, yeah, it's all about reflecting on your own faith journey and a leadership of love. And so we reflect on 1 Corinthians 13 and and Gerard Kelly actually gives us a little bit of input in that last section. Um, and we just focus on a, a different aspect of, of 1 Corinthians 13, um, what it is to be a loving leader, a courageous leader, a forgiving leader, a disciplined leader, um, et cetera. So that's, yeah, you get and, one each and time. And it is, it is brilliant. I think it's worth saying, 
I, I've watched this thing from afar. I've not been involved in it, but I've I've seen it being developed over many years now. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen anything, anything that we've done that's been so robustly developed. Like it really has been shaped and honed and reworked and piloted about There's been a lot of arguments about times. <laughs> yeah, which which of those ten insights make yeah. it to the final list. Yeah, robust is one way to say we have really <laughs> taken yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a good way. There's been loads of test runs and pilot runs. Yeah. Brilliant. What, Absolutely. You can find out about the details, the pricing, all of that stuff oh. uh, on the website. It's youthscape.co.uk forward slash YSE. That's the one. Youthscape Essentials. Um, yeah. But just give us, before we get into the big question, you know, why your one minute pitch, why are you encouraged about this? Why do you, why do you look at it and think, oh, this actually works? Like this could be transformative. I think it I think it works because I've seen new forms of youth ministry be started as a result of it. So I can, you know, in my head I've got people in mind. In fact, just two nights ago when we were running a workshop, a lovely lady, Veronica, I'm sure she won't mind me, me naming her, was on online because she's about to start a new youth ministry with two churches are coming together and they're starting youth ministry. And this is how they're going to start the team. They're going to gather around Youthscape Essentials. And I think of another lady, Anna, who started youth work. There was nothing in her church. There was a Sunday school, but it stopped then and there wasn't anything for young people. And she said, I wonder if we could do something. She came on Youthscape Essentials and she started youth ministry as a result. And so I guess part of it is because I've seen new new forms of youth ministry started. I think part of it is that I've seen, yeah, people really tired and really kind of at the point of like, this is my last chance saloon and I'm here on Youthscape Essentials and I don't really know why I'm here. And I've watched them leave feeling a part of something bigger because they... Yeah, they've got renewed vision and hope. And and most importantly, they've got a community of people. They found their people and others have felt the way that they felt and they just feel heard. And they and, and they feel a sense of like God is in this. God is still in this. That's and they awesome. leave encouraged. And so I, I guess. Yeah. And then I and then I've watched people leave with just greater confidence and set sense of like, I, I understand young people in a new way. I feel I feel hemmed in. I can do this starting out on, the you know, as interns or first post youth youth ministers and youth workers. I've, I've watched them just feel a sense of like, yeah, I can do this. And so, yeah, I'd love to tell you the course materials are the thing that make it. But I'm not sure they actually are. I think I think they're just something powerful and beautiful and deeply biblical happens when youth leaders come together and there and there's this sense of community and going on mission together that is just so exciting and I think I think Youthscape Essentials creates a moment where that can happen and it happens to be really good material as well but but it's mostly what happens that magic that happens when they get together. Awesome so on to our sort of tough question for youth ministry and unsurprising we're in the world of volunteers here um you you know do you do you think i mean there's a view isn't there that in as we go forward youth ministry is going to be more volunteer-led like it has to be more Mm. volunteer-led especially if we've Mm. got a vision for it to grow Mm. um Mm. so uh, the tough question really is this how do you deal with a situation where you've got a volunteer Mm. maybe it's not the lead volunteer let's say you're either the lead youth worker or the lead volunteer yeah what do you do when you've got a volunteer and it isn't working i'm not talking about a a, a situation where it's unsafe no but for any number of reasons you know what's the best overall approach where you've got a a volunteer and it's not clicking 
Yeah, this this is a really tricky topic, isn't it? Because we are at our very core, you know, youth work practice is at its core relational. And so when that isn't working, I just think that creates a real like dissonance. Like, I hate this stuff. Like, Mm. (laughs) this is the stuff Mm. that keeps me up at night. And I imagine I'm not the only one who that's the case for. Like it takes up quite a lot of our headspace. So I I just think what a great question and well done for raising it. Um, I I do want to throw in a bit of Brené Brown. So I do think clear is kind. And I think, um, yeah, I think we as Christians often just dodge the critical conversation like whether it's a on a small on a small kind of scale or something that's actually been quite a pattern that just needs bringing up I think we dodge these conversations I don't think we're good at these conversations so I think this is really key and I think it does start from when we I mean maybe this is dodging the question so hold me hold me to account if it is but I, I think it does start when we first engage a volunteer so we don't just say yes to anyone they actually need to like young people. They actually need to want to be around young people. They need to love them. They need to want to care for them. Even if they are low skill, that can be taught. They need to love young people. So if that is not in in place, and I know that can grow, but there's got to be the early signs of genuine care for young people. Yes. Because otherwise they really, there is no point in them being there. Um, so that's, I mean, that's quite, maybe that's quite a hard line, but I, I just, they have to like young people. And I, and I think we've got to try them out as well. We've got to find safe ways of testing people out. Um, and that, you know, there's all sorts of ways you can do that, all sorts of ways. Um, invite them to, you know, if you're, if you're hosting something that's just a bit more of an event or a social and you need some extra support, having mm. them in amongst people that you, that you already know and trust and just kind of just test them out so that they get a chance to go, actually, this isn't for me. And that you've had that conversation already before they've started rather than yeah. you just shoehorn them in and it's, and then it all yeah. goes wrong. I do think the time boundary commitment, you know, I, I yeah, I've I've watched a lot of youth ministries. Youth ministries I've been a part of. So I'm a volunteer youth minister at the moment or youth leader at the moment. And um there's just this danger, isn't it, where you kind of step into a youth ministry where people have said yes seventeen years ago and no yeah. one has ever reviewed with them yeah. like whether or not they still want to be there. And so because they are perhaps Martha's, they're still going, they're dutifully going, but they're their heart is no longer in it. They're, I mean, yeah. And so there is something about a really, it's really helpful, isn't it? Just try it for a term. Let's try it for mm. a term and then let's just have a conversation. In fact, that's all you're signing that's up good. for. And then let's, and then, and not promise any more than that. Just promise a review and a genuine chance to have a, a clear, kind conversation if it's not right. Um, and I do think there's a bit about job descriptions and even if that's quite simple bullet point you know a few bullet points but I do think something yeah. about what am I expecting from you and what am I not expecting from you sometimes that's more telling isn't it what I don't need from you is this this and this and what I do need from you is this mm. I think there's also something about a, a culture of feedback mm-hmm. um so if this is if this conversation when it's tricky when things are getting tricky and you have to have a, a tricky com- a tough conversation to say this isn't actually working if that's mm. the first time you've given them yeah. any feedback, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, and so there's something about, and again, this is not something as Christians we're always particularly good at doing. Uh, maybe that's just my experience, but yeah, I don't think we're great at this. But um, we either worry about, yeah, I don't know. Actually, some of my Pentecostal friends are much better at this. This kind of actually giving, you know, they're good at honouring people. 
and maybe they're better at giving <laughs> some feedback as well. But I, in, the, in the church circles I've been in, we, we're not particularly good at feedback. And I, and I think creating a culture of feedback so that we genuinely celebrate together when things have gone well. And we name that and we call that out and say, wow, that was such a leadership moment there when you, mm. you did that thing. But also where we've got a culture of feeling back where things haven't gone right and we're reviewing that and we're working out where, where, was, the, where was the mismatch? Um, so, and also it needs to be quite soon after the moment. I think no point in talking about it two months after because people can't, yes, they can't get themselves there. And then they just feel like this kind of grudge has been building rather than actually just a feedback loop that's just in place. Mm. So mm. I think high challenge and high support, that's where, that's where growth happens. Okay. So low, low challenge. Um, let's just see if I can get this quadrant right. If, there's a, if, if the bottom axis is, is support and the, and the, the vertical axis is is the challenge then you're aiming for that kind of top top box where both the support and the challenge hit um because high high support and low challenge is just a cozy chat and that's where a lot of our leadership is i think often we are we're much more happy at just being like oh do you want to have a chat you know are you okay lots of support absolutely no yeah. challenge no growth no growth happens there that's the positive side you've done yes. the, po- the positive stuff first I've dodged. yes you've I gone think... to the positives okay let's say let's say you're already in you're already kind of in maybe it's a volunteer who's been around for a while you've inherited them maybe mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. as you've taken over the youth ministry what what do you think are some of the signs that it's not going to work or it's not working or it needs addressing you've talked about yes. one being they don't like young people what else is a <laughs> what else is a sign that maybe this isn't a good fit yeah so i i think i think one of the signs is that they are not open to feedback and growth mm-hmm. um i i think if you and you'll know that if you are if you create a culture of feedback and growth you will know if you've got people who are resistant to that, because that will become very clear and, and that feedback will, will just not, yeah, it won't be responded to and it will be pushed back on. And, um, and you'll know that you have someone who's, who's not, who's not going to go on that journey with you. And, and the reason it's important to be open to feedback and growth is, is because we are, our lives are meant to be, we're meant to be becoming more like Jesus. And that takes, that takes growth for all of us. And if that's what we're calling young people into, then we need we need to be on that journey ourselves. I think that also, I mean, I, I said about not you know not liking young people, but there's also a just what our language says about what we think about young people. It gives us away, doesn't it? And and if you can't, if people can't talk positively about young people, that that does, yeah, yeah. it's just really toxic. It's really oh, toxic. It's a really, and I've seen that happen, and it's a really clear sign. You're absolutely it is. right. Yeah. But what? Yeah. Okay. So how do you? Yeah. Here's another one. How do you tell the difference between it's not working and I don't really like them? Mm. So you just, you've got a volunteer like, oh man, that person Mm. rubs me up the wrong way. Mm. I think there's two bits to this in my mind. So I I think there's, there's firstly, so I'm conscious this is all about (laughs) self-awareness and self-awareness generally comes from reflection and, um, some sort of supervision which is perhaps slightly simpler and more straightforward if you're an employed youth worker you should have some sort of supervision or line management in place and and that will vary in quality and quantity of course but there would be a hope that there's some form even if you know even if you have to creatively find another space for it you do need some space to do some of that reflection so that you can be 
making those judgments and and discerning it and not just kind of jumping on it um so there is something about building that in I think and and I guess there's this question isn't there of is that pushing a button in me because it's actually something I need to work on myself like Mm. is this actually more about me than it is them but I think that's very hard to do in the moment it does require reflection and maybe and reflection be, with others as well. It does. I think it is. It's with someone else. It almost certainly is with someone else. And you've got to find the appropriate spaces for that. But I think, yeah, ideally that's it. That's in your kind of line management setting. Mm. Or you've cre- you found another space to go and get some mentoring or some spiritual direction, if that's your churchmanship mm. or whatever it is, some space to do some reflection, to be able to grow, be growing in, in knowledge of self. But I think there's also this question, isn't there, of is it actually that you – are you bumping into problems left, right and centre? Are you falling out with every member of your team and actually the young mm. people you increasingly don't like and your church leader? And if that's the case, I mean, that is, that's such oh, no. a red flag, isn't it? Of yeah. You, you are, you're probably hitting burnout. You probably yeah. need some rhythms of rest. When did you last take holiday? Have you got supervision built in or some sort of line management? Like, where are you? Yeah, are you actually... Are you actually needing to check out for a, a season? Do you need to go? Do you need some retreat? Do you need some time out? Because if, yeah, if it's pressing upon something, but actually you realise everyone is pressing upon something, they're not the only person. Um, then there might be a wider issue as well at play. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah. All right, that is- that's a great answer. We, we've got time maybe for one last question, mm. um, and it's probably the right and appropriate place to finish. So, if actually you've done some reflection, it's not you. Uh, it's them. It's <laughs> uh, actually, it's it, it, this. It, you've realised that this challenging volunteer actually needs to kind of move out of the youth ministry. Mm. How do you do? How do you do that well? How do you say to a mm. to a youth leader, "It's time to hang up your hat." <laughs> Throw in the towel. Ah, uh, yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? I I think there is something about choosing your moment. So do not pick the moment two minutes before the youth group's going to start. I mean, to to state the obvious. Um, So so pick a respectful moment. Give people a chance to to get their head around what's coming. You know, frame it, name it, explain it, and then give them a chance to genuinely respond. And if if you know this is someone that needs a bit of pre-thought time, then do that for them. You're not trying to catch someone out. This isn't a kind of game. This is this is about being clear and kind. And and I think if all those things that we talked about at the start, I know they probably sounded like me copping out, but I, I genuinely don't think they are because I think if all those things are in place, if you've set expectations, you've put a trial period in, you've created a culture of feedback, you've then given feedback, you haven't just created it and then not not actually mentioned the problems, the signs, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't be dropping this on someone like a out of su- surprise at all. It shouldn't be a huge surprise. Um, and so this shouldn't be the first time they're getting feedback. You've, If you've actually then addressed it and discovered that they're not open to growing in this area or, 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 or kind of having some support and you've offered them support and they're not willing to take that, then you can't work with that. And you have to be clear and kind and you have to ask them to step down. Um, so yeah, frame it, name it, explain it, give them a chance to respond but you have to be clear as well. And so when it's over, it's over. And so be clear, be kind. Um, and and yeah, it needs to it needs to end. It needs to finish there. Alex, thank you so much. Uh, I think I can confidently say that that was a lot better than the first time we did it and well worth us recording again. So thank you for making the time twice. 
stuff, Martin, but I, to be honest with you, I feel that we're just ramping up on our questions. So I, I, do you have any more like quick fire questions when it comes to complicated youth leaders, volunteers or their situations? What's, what's one of yours? Yeah. Well, I think this is going to turn into a little surgery, isn't it? Yeah. yeah Alex has gone. Um, well, here's a, here's something that has happened far enough in the past that I think I can talk about it. I've definitely been in a context where there's been a young, uh, youngish leader who's come in and I think tried really hard to impress young people, but in doing so has really made themselves quite unpopular as put people, as rubbed people up the wrong way. And actually the young people are, uh, have taken it against him. Um, and it's just not, it's actually disruptive to the environment. Yeah. You've got a young person, you've got a young leader there who people are like, why is this guy here? He's really, he's really horrible to us. Or he, he's, you know, so what, what do you do there? What do you do when you've got a, a leader, especially a younger leader who's yeah. really enthusiastic, who's maybe tried to be a bit cool and has put everyone's noses out of joint? Have, have, and is it someone that you've seen up through the youth ministry? So you've got this kind of like, you see them as one of the young people anyway. So you're like, really super well, it gracious. could be that, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It could be that. I think it would, I just think I need to get better at naming things really quick with people. But I think you've put your yeah. finger on the, on the, on the nail there because I, at the moment, I've got a situation where I, it's, I, three of the team, one of the projects I run, are young people that have grown up into peer leading, but they're not really there yet. And I didn't do enough time with them beforehand. And it's really complicated because actually the pastoral issues that are exhibited on the night tend to be them. <laughs> and it's like really, yeah. and it's so complex. And, and so I think, I think expectations matter, but the reality is, I think let's not beat ourselves up about it. We tend to uncover this stuff in situ, but I think it's yes. having some really clever exit strategies or ideas of how to address it there and then. So my, my little rule of thumb is I'm, if I see it, I say it. And I'm yeah. trying to get better at that. Um, because then if at some point I have to say, mate, at the moment, I, you just can't be around this for this this project, this this term, then at least it's not like blindsiding them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. something else. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so mine is, my question would be, what is my pastoral responsibility to the volunteer youth oh, okay. team? So to WhatsApp or not to WhatsApp? So I've been part of teams where we've created little WhatsApp groups because it's the best way to double check. Have you remembered, Kath, that you're doing the catering tonight? You're doing the toast for the thing. Oh, no, I can't do it tonight because whatever. So you have that little group, but it becomes this like this pool of like, my auntie's mum's dog's hamster's just died. Can we all pray? And everyone's like, praying, praying, praying. And you're like, yes, well, I yeah. want to just double check. You've all filled in your fort. Yeah. So ha- like just negotiating that, like, is it a good idea? Yeah. Have a little WhatsApp group or is it a broadcast group or... How do you care if you volunteers like in that scenario? Well, I think there's two different issues there. So uh, we'll come to the WhatsApp thing in a minute. Yeah. I think you are pastorally, if you are the lead youth worker, particularly if you're employed, you are pastorally responsible for your leaders in the context of the youth work. So in the context of their engagement with young people. So for example, you'd almost call it supervision. If they're having a difficult interaction with young people or a difficult uh, experience within the youth ministry, then yes, I think you are pastorally responsible, but you're not a home group. The youth group, the young, you know, the youth leaders is not a separate home group. Mm. People should be pastorally supported, spiritually supported. They should be fed elsewhere, I think. Mm. Um, so it's really about drawing that line. I think the WhatsApp group thing is really interesting. So I've I've only had great experiences 
of youth leader WhatsApp groups where people have stayed absolutely on task. Yeah. Um, but I've only heard you describe it as like a complete, you know, madness, complete mess. <laughs> the, the weirdest like little gifts that you're like, what What does that mean? Where who put that on there? And it's not right. stuff that's like red flag in terms of safeguarding, but it's just like, oh, that's really interesting. This this group in, are engaging with this. And, and there could be a whole host of reasons. So I'm on, you know, deprived community in, in Blackburn. Lots of the volunteers that I'm part of, this is the only thing they volunteer in. So this is new to them and like actually setting boundaries and expectations. I've had to rethink things. So my next question to you is to take your children or to not take your children. Uh. So so that's the other one is lovely volunteers um, who don't have people to help out with the children for a variety of reasons or whose lives are chaotic, mine included, and you end up having to bring your kids Sometimes that works because sometimes the parents really good at thinking my five year old's here, so I'm responsible. Sometimes that doesn't work because they just let their five year old run completely right, and so I find that really yeah. challenging because I sometimes need to bring my five year old. So ah, yes. that feels super messy. <laughs> yeah, well, again, you've got to be boundaried and you lead by example. So. I think if you're going to bring your child, I mean, I have constantly over the last five years brought my own children into mm. youth group. My poor son, Zachary, is nine. He's already, but by the time he gets to 18, he'll have been in youth group for 14 years, <laughs> right? So, I mean, he's had so much. He's already been through youth alpha twice. He's only nine, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, but the thing is, I would always keep him very close mm. and I'd keep him, you know, uh, in a place where I know he's always safe. And, you know, and nearby, but he also gets involved in playing table tennis with kids. Mm. And, you know, actually the the young people quite enjoy looking after him, mm. but I'm always there with an eye over it. And I think that needs to be modeled and that needs to be the expectation. I think, I think realistically, some people have not, no choice. If you've got a single parent in your, mm. in your volunteer Absolutely. team and they've got no <laughs> childcare and you want them to get involved and they really want to be involved, maybe they do need to be able to bring their six, seven year old to be yeah. able to, to color in the corner yeah. or whatever. And that's got to be okay. But yeah, you do need to set those expectations. So I think it's simply just chatting, talking, you know, getting stuff out of our head, saying what we see. I think the excitement, if there is anybody listening who you are responsible for a little team, I mean, we're naming all the things that are challenging, but what a, what a wonderful opportunity to set the culture and do things how you think it will work best for your context, which will look different. Yeah. Do you know yeah, that, and I remember yeah, yeah. years and years and years ago, and me and um, Jason and my best mate, Katie, it was the first time that we took a bunch of young people on a residential. We were about 26, 27, so we should have twigged that we were adults by that stage. But we got away on this residential, and we sent the teenagers all to bed. I think we had them all in bed by some ridiculous time, like half past 11, something stupid like that. And, wow. we, and we went downstairs, and then we suddenly went, we're, we're the leaders. It's us. We're, we're the leaders. <laughs> so, so we went and we woke them all back up again and said, come on, let's all go down to the beach. Because we were so like, we're the leaders. Why do they have to be oh, in yeah. bed by half 11? They don't have to be in bed by half 11 because we, 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 that, that's a decision that we've just assumed from something else. So I think it's something quite fun. If you're in a context where you think, okay, that's great stuff that Martin and Rachel and Alex have shared and safeguarding and best practice is utterly essential. 
But actually, the context will dictate what it looks like here. And it might not work in Rygate on Blackburn, but it flipping works here in Peterborough. And so we're going to have fun with it and say, yeah, people do bring their kids. And actually, it's brought an intergenerational discipleship element that's just been so awesome. You know, it's come out of a bit of an issue, but it's ended up. Or we do have a WhatsApp group. And yeah, they should be being pastored and discipled by somewhere else. But you know what? They're not because the church is rubbish at this. But we're doing it. And somehow we make it work because we have... Joe and Bob on here that are really good at caring. So I think it's it's important to have best practice, but I think name your expectations, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be intentional about what you do, even if you've had to become intentional after the fact, you know, you might not yeah, yeah, yeah. out like that, but it's okay to move forward. Just just finally, uh there's there's a good link between what we've been talking about today and a little feature we, we, which we've introduced uh, this series called Unsung Heroes. So a lot of the unsung heroes uh, that we've been talking about are volunteers. We've got one uh, this week from Stephen Mitchell, longtime listener and sometime guest on the Escape podcast. Uh, so we're going to play out with that uh, from Stephen. Hope you've enjoyed today. Uh, we'll be back next time with another Youthscape podcast tough question. My name is Stephen and my unsung hero is my youth worker when I was a teenager, Ian Watson. He put up with a strange group of of teenagers who pushed his boundaries, who tested his limits. He gave me my first opportunities to to preach in a church and ultimately was the, the catalyst for my journey into youth work. I've been involved in Christian youth work now for around 22 years and it's because of him that I'm still doing it and went into it in the first place and it's because of him that I have a a foundation in faith. I wasn't a Christian before I came along to the youth group that he ran so he has had a huge impact both personally and also in my ministry. who are thinking about just putting their just putting that what is the phrase putting their hat up <laughs> putting their hat I, down oh this is awesome let's keep going with this what is oh, the no. phrase alex what is um, i can't up. think what the phrase is hanging the Hang, hanging up the it? boots no you're just you know what it is just tell me what don't. it is okay hanging the hat okay i've just never heard hanging th- their hat up it's but not that, throwing that's... the hat into the wing into the ring because it's the opposite to that throwing isn't it? throwing the towel in is what you were going for is that what i'm going for yeah and i said hat yeah Oh, gosh. Well, that point is completely destroyed.